0: Check
1: one, two, out oh, now. Your attention please, your attention I need it, so I can set you in the position from which I see it, where I'm seated is scenic, heavyweight as slim is the machinist, or so bulimic, which means you somewhere in between it, I take it back for you like the wild stallions or sand demons, I'm in the market for low mile 360 medinas and a good organic cleaners, my car always a wiener, your car's always pitted, we should call it Stanley Steemers. most of my friends and gangs, my new nickname is Genghis Khan, but without the yay, but it's last name. Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff vs. The World Presents. The I Am Not Dave Wrestling Podcast episode number 17. I know it's been a while. Um, I just needed that break away from wrestling. And, yeah, I took it because it was a lot of things happening at the time. I want to believe this was in June. Was the last episode? Maybe. Maybe late June. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I just needed a break. I needed to get away from talking about wrestling. Uh, just too many things were bothering me and i just didn't feel that joy enough to be talking about wrestling but i'm back now and on this week's episode i have a very special guest uh i got my man rich fan pulled up rich how's it going
0: i'm doing pretty good i'm just trying to juggle eight-year-old craziness of a pandemic and all that fun stuff and you know a crazy weekend of wrestling like we had this past weekend
1: absolutely but before we get started would you like to tell the people what it is that you do at the pw torch so they can go follow you and social media and listen to your podcast and all that good stuff
0: yeah sure uh so on twitter follow me at rich underscore fan uh on the torch i do a lot of hosting not as a lot of writing so i do a lot of podcast my main podcast which started me was the East Coast Cast VIP. So every Wednesday night, me and Travis Bryant, my host, have a non-minivan uh, friendly or non-living room, I guess now friendly, uh, <laughs> chat about wrestling, politics, life, everything. Kind of like uh, not too dissimilar from what I'm sure we're going to do today, but Travis gets a lot more four-letter words and in between. Uh, and then on saturdays i do the deep dive with rich fan which is a daily cast which is our daily shows like different hosts different subjects and for me the subject is really just diving into a subject for an hour hour and a half or more and just dra- draining it dry and so this week for instance i had Kanata edwards from dime and uh Deepalm on and we talked about the insanity of The stuff going on with Warner Brothers and how that reflects on when you don't love what you own, how that can make for bad bedfellows and tied that to wrestling and tied it through the history of wrestling. And so those sorts of threads are what I like to pull at more so than just uh, I drew this amount of money and this person sucks and this person's good and Roman Reigns forever or Roman Reigns suck, that sort of stuff. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh before we even get to the wrestling topic i can ask you right now so what was your highlight of uh w uh well, what do we call it? the dc fandom fandom
0: oh highlight had to be the batman game the okay. watching the kids just be all right without bruce yes I mean, we we went nuts. In fact, when I recorded my show on Saturday, we had to stop for ten minutes to let D Palm call a friend and just gush. I think he watched it like seventeen times on Saturday. I probably watched it fifteen, so
1: I can't be judged. Oh man, I, uh, I I I know how y'all felt because when I saw it at first, I was like, "Wait a minute, is this?" And I was just like, and, and the more and more it kept going, I was like, it is. And I was just like, no. And I couldn't believe it. I was screaming to my wife. She was looking at me like I was a mad man. I was just like, I can't believe they're just having a game with just the kids. This is going to be so awesome. Uh, got a little wait for it, but hey, I, I can wait. Um, Spider-Man and a couple of other games will tie me over until it comes out.
0: Yes. But I mean, between that, uh, my son and I were playing this weekend the Avengers demo uh, 2021. They're gonna have the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Like I am in for all of these multi-team, super like world of people. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like the Avengers game. Trey was in the second he got to play as Thor, throw me on there, and then have it come back. Like that was all he needed to see. And he's like sold.
1: Yeah, I um I was a little leery at first because I already you know did the whole pre-order, and I was just. Stupid me, I went on YouTube and started listening to people, and I'm like, oh no, what did I just do? And then I'm just like, no. And then I'm starting to find people saying it's an all right game, but it seems like it's going to be a game that's going to grow. It's a fun game, yeah. but you know, it's just going to be that, that game that they're always tweaking and always working on. So I'm just like, okay, I'm fine again. You know, <laughs> but at first I was just like, because I just saw all these people saying it's not fun, and I'm just like, no, I. No, uh, people say it's fun. What's going on? So just going down that rabbit hole was a mistake anyway. So I'll never make that mistake again. Cause I try to stay away from that, especially when I pre-order something that I just was re- really looking forward to. Cause you're always gonna have those people that's like, nah, this game is not on it. But you know, those are my type yeah,
0: of games. And, and you know, when you look at what happened with the game, like I get it. Uh the 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 the, the, the fact that like it's this great franchise and mcu's done such a great job with marvel in general just making it so fun but then i saw that first one and it wasn't the mcu version of those heroes and they were kind of blocky looking and yeah everybody was just kind of like uh, and they fixed it they fixed it definitely and it looks like they're they're going to be going the right way with it and i'm looking for like you said it's going to be a game to grow into because they already have certain like Characters they know they're going to have as their base, and then there's going to be more people they add in as time goes on.
1: Yeah, I think I've already heard it's like twenty two or twenty three that somebody already uncoded could you know they figured it out whatever whatever. But it's going to be like a whole. So this game is going to be years and years. At least what three, two to three, yeah. maybe four.
0: Transition so. to PS five.
1: They're yeah. going to have everything there. I think it's a game they're going to be constantly working on. But we know you guys didn't come for that nerd stuff. Uh, we can save that <laughs> for our twitter and all that stuff but uh we can talk about this uh jump right into this weekend um what are the things that uh stuck out for you this weekend as far as AEW or nxt or uh wwe SummerSlam? um uh, yeah just was whatever stuck out to you
0: oh man uh i'm i'm like there was so much i wanted to watch and i think it was like five wrestling shows on saturday because GCW had a show on the indie side of things. And so it, for AEW, I'll start with them. Yeah. Because they kind of are off to themselves. And then WWE, I can then jump back to. Right. I love the fact that Brody Lee just murdered Cody. Yes. Like, yes. Homeboy <laughs> came through, come in, like the Roman Reigns shirt, come in, kick butt, leave. Like, that's all he had to do. And then he took it the step further of beating that man. Uh, I know people were complaining, I'm going so far as to call him like triple, triple, uh, triple roads. But on in his prime, Triple H would have never had let himself get beat the way.
1: Oh, no, got. of course. Never. I'm talking about even babyface or heel. That never would have happened.
0: I mean, this was a guy in a feud with an Olympic gold medalist looked like a million bucks. That said, why, storyline-wise, would we need to book it so that she would be attracted to him? So that's that's all we need to know about that. But on AEW side, Cody had gotten to that point where he had defended against the best of the darlings of the Indies. He defended against the up-and-comers. Now he had to sit down for a minute, and he got the best Rhodes treatment possible, which is that old, dusty Rhodes get whooped outside a gas station they put it on tape, beat you again, beat you in the the ticket area, leave you for dead. That's that's what they had to do. And uh, other than that, on that show, I think everything else was good, good, good to okay. Uh, I really like the fact that Diamante uh, is getting some shine. I love the fact that Thunder Rosa is coming to all out to to take the AEW title and also have her NWA championship in full view.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, that was cool.
0: AEW really needs to just give like like send a, a, a Sizzler gift card or something to the, the to 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 the brain trust behind NWA because you got Ricky, you got uh, Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. and now you're borrowing Thunder Rosa. Like how do you how do you not just look at those guys and then look at what they were doing in NWA and say it's a direct port of what they were the best of what they were doing there?
1: Yeah, um I thought it was cool um what they did with um, Eddie uh Eddie Kingston with the whole well I guess we don't have Pac around for a while. So yeah, I'll lead this group. When you know we're taking on the yeah. Lucha Bros. And I thought that was really cool because I'm like, Yeah, this can work. Um I it seems like they and don't Go ahead
0: Butcher and Blade too. they yeah. been wrestling in the Indies for years together. So saying like the five of us can be together and just take over. I was like, What well, wait that's pretty wild.
1: And then the wink in the camera just I was like, oh, that was the icing on the cake. <laughs> I was like, okay, Eddie Kingston, you, you, you got me with that. I like that. Um, I I did enjoy. Um, it seems kind of I don't know. I, I think I really enjoyed the whole Jericho where they set up for Jericho and um Orange Cassidy basically having a rubber match with the mimosas. <laughs> the mimosas match. I know it sounds insane. <laughs> it sounds insane, but I'm like. No, it this works though, it, it for the right now, for the time period for this feud, it works, and I'm all in on it.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think they've done such a great job with how they're just they're they get them right, man. They just get it. Like, it, it's not, it's not here and now. Jericho, obviously, you know, he he still has his foibles, like his. His concert that he really didn't need to do, oh
1: boy. but uh, <laughs> it was just seven people. What? Why would yeah. you even say that? <sighs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and
0: if you say it was just seven people, but you just said all lives matter.
1: Yeah, is uh, <sighs> so.
0: Yeah, would yeah. You, is it Uchiwali or is it one night, Mike? Like, hey, what do we do with? He
1: doesn't even know at this point. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't even know, but. Beyond that, and I hate to say beyond that, because that's I just couldn't believe he, you know, that was his whole comeback. But with the with he's doing that's with it. this, yeah. He's very I don't know, he's very guarded in the sense of, well, no, you're not gonna get one over on me. But no, this is life or death. This is people getting sick and the concert wasn't necessary. You can always postpone the concert. Unless you're you and your band are sitting there, you know, really need some money or whatever. It was no more than likely, it was more I wanted to go rock. He wanted to go rock, and oh, I, I'm going to do it here. And I just feel like you just don't put people in a situation like that. Like, people, you got to you gotta help people from their cells sometime. <laughs> and I just think that was, a you know, it was another time and place for that. But, I mean, it's hard for me to say that when AEW is about to eventually have crowds. Not a large crowd, yeah. but
0: trying to not to turn that money down if people were
1: dumb enough to show up yeah i guess it's like well you know if you want to show up yeah here we go we got 200 300 tickets we'll sell i guess but you see the worst thing that could happen is something happened happen there with them because now wwe is basically taking a stance of oh we're gonna do what baseball and uh nba are doing let's just get you know have a virtual um our fans virtually there and you know, you can tell from SmackDown to SummerSlam, they're working on it. They're making little tweaks here and there, but it's becoming a thing. And, you know, now that AEW is talking about bringing people in, they better be very, you know, careful with that because people are going to point fingers right at them, squarely at them. So, Yeah. Not this, is, you know, wasn't the sidetrackers, but that was, that was very important to say, because I think a lot of people, and I was talking to somebody who didn't even realize or know that eventually AEW's talking about, you know, bringing people in and they were like, you know, can they get in trouble for that? And I'm like, Hey man, that's beyond my pay grade. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure they got some things set up and, and I, I don't know how that's going to, how that's going to go. I know they're supposed to be like a bubble. I think it's supposed to be like a bubble, maybe like a, a four family bubble. If four people come. Some to that extent, but, and people are supposed to be separated. So, I mean, it could work. I've seen, um I think Dave Chappelle, when he did his little special, you know, he had people outside and separated and distanced. So, I mean, I guess it could work. it got to fall off the street. Whew. It's a lot. It's a lot. Because, you know, people already jumped. Just look what we had with the uh, NFL. Well, with the mm-hmm. with the so-called positive test, and was like, no, these tests won't not And I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> what is going on?
0: Like, how much is a bunch?
1: <sighs> I, 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 what was it? end up being a total, like 67, 66 positive tests? Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine if that was like the playoffs. Oh, y'all can't play this. <laughs> you can't play this week. Whoops. We got it wrong. Sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You couldn't play in that game, but uh, i bet. back. That was-
0: that evil on me. Don't you do it, Ricky <laughs> Bobby. And that's what I'm imagining. Or also, you know, I think from the opposite side, the people who don't want to manage their their business and they don't find out or they push in a timely fashion and then it backfires and now you got a whole other team that's advancing that's going to be infected.
1: Yeah. it's. I don't know. I, I can't even really... I don't know, man. I just think a lot of these uh, teams, just everybody, sports in general, you know, but especially with wrestling, especially with AEW at this point. Just saying, you're going to bring fans in is just a, it's a scary thing because you can't even keep, like basically the staff and players, you know, straight because you know it's one here, one there, and just look what happened with baseball, um, with the Phillies themselves. Phillies had came out and had all those people that, you know, teammates that tested positive. They had to basically put their season on pause just because of that. And I just, I don't know, man, this is all, people don't want to turn down money. People want their TV money. So they go, I guess they're going to do what they want to do, but oof, it's just too much. I, 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 maybe I'm just thinking like, I just couldn't do that and risk, Putting people in in a situation like that's bad enough that I have to get up and still go to work in the morning, and I'm thankful for that. I don't get it twisted. I know some people you know are in a situation where they can't go to work anymore because of you know the whole virus and stuff. But just being at work and being knowing how to be in contact with people and with certain situations, it's just it's it's scary, man.
0: Yeah, and it's all it takes is one like the bubble in the NBA. I love watching it. Yeah, because they been on it man like they have not messed up beat like you can't beat zero like that's it
1: and it's been and and for some reason it's just still been fun like it's the games have still been entertaining at first it was kind of like you know you had that like I'm not used to this but you kept on watching more and more games and I know that's what took it with me took me a while Then I'm just like no this is the NBA they're having fun you know circumstances Mm -hmm. you can't have the fans there but they're still having fun and it still feels, you know, like the NBA. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is something totally foreign to me. You know, you just don't have fans there and you're doing the virtual thing, but you know, the players are still having a good time, it seems, and so yeah, that's that's cool. Um I didn't want to drift on that. It was I'm trying to think it was something else on AEW. I saw that really stuck out to me. Huh. Oh, the whole um Ricky Stark's Darby Allen thing. I love that uh <laughs> I love that uh angle because it was bad enough that when Ricky stars come out, we had just seen the Batman <laughs> trailer, and Darby Allen kind of resembles uh one of those guys that uh Batman just i don't know just beat their brains in scream oh out. yeah he
0: he gives <laughs> so much like he he does it in the best way for a pro wrestling in terms of chewing scenery,
1: yeah, yeah, um. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, I don't know how far this angle goes. I don't know if it's going to be like a one-match thing or two-match thing. But I feel like like this thing has legs. Like, they can keep going with this for a while. So I'm really enjoying that with AEW. Those have to be like the top, threes, top three things for me, especially with the, um, like you talked about, the Cody and uh, uh, Brody leaving. Because it, it was kind of unexpected. And then I'm just like, wait a minute, this is a squash match. And it just hit me like, oh, he just beat him. And I, I don't think I was prepared for that at all. You know, and
0: it does a good job on the low, low, not Jones, but of explaining that there's levels to this because we've now seen Lee have a competitive match with Moxley. Right. And then Mo through Cody,
1: mm. which
0: kind of puts it in a perspective of anyone that might have still had in the back of their head hey man it's not fair cody can't get that title match it's like well Cody like Cody was at a point but he like whenever they get to the chance where they need him to be champion he's gonna look like he deserves to be champion right now he looks like a guy who was on fumes that met somebody that was the bigger dog
1: yeah and you know what else too this did a this is a great job of basically building Brody Lee back up. Because I remember yeah. after that Moxley match, everybody was like, oh, I think this was bad. You know, he shouldn't have lost his match and or they should have did it different. And I'm just like, uh, in my head, I'm like, no, they can, you know, they can make up for this. I don't think it was nothing wrong with him taking a fall to Moxley because, I mean, look what Moxley's doing right now with the title. He's having a lengthy run. He's defending his title. Um, we'll see how this uh, MJF thing is going to go. Uh, that should be interesting because we always... You can already tell what's going on. You know, MJF is playing a scared heel and doing everything he can to make it easier for him to win. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did a title change. I wouldn't be shocked. But uh, because at this point, I mean, would not, you know, with. Not having that audience out there, not having that fans out there, it's kind of hard to gauge, especially even in WWE, where to go with certain things. So I wouldn't be surprised to be like, "Hey, yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know, you can. If it doesn't work, we can always go back to moxie or we could just go into a different different direction. Because um, at this point, when you look at the contenders after if he does get past MJF, and then we have to start looking into okay, we got to get these elite guys you know, um, Omega and, uh, well, I research say Omega right now. We had to get Omega a shot and this person a shot and that person a shot, but you got a lot of groups too. not to mention, I mean, you still got the Lucha bros that any one of them can be a single star over there. So they could, they could make an Olympic one that, you know, keep making, they can keep having contenders for him. It's just that right now, those contenders are kind of in other things. So what do you do? And I mean MJF, I mean yeah. MJF is MJF is, really, MJF is really good on the microphone too. It's just like, oh man, he's good. Say what you want about his wrestling. I've heard a lot of people say I'm not really into his matches and that's cool or whatever. I just think the character is just so good that that supersedes um, his matches if you're looking for that five-star match, if that's what you're looking for. I think he still has uh, a
0: match athlete. He can do all that stuff. He just chooses not to because he wants to be better in the other areas. And so I appreciate that about MJF. I hope as he develops and as he continues in his career, that's appreciated instead of seen as a negative because not everyone's going to be Kenny Omega. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. And the bad thing with Kenny now is he's in a situation where beyond social media and all that nonsense that goes on with that. But as far as AEW and what's going on there, he's in a position where people want those New Japan matches, but you have to realize a lot of those New Japan matches, now you're realizing, oh, it's a dance in the ring. It's 50-50. Yes, Omega is great in the ring, but look at all the other great athletes that you know were against him. It just wasn't him, and he doesn't have, and this is no knock on AEW's talent or anything like that. He's not gonna have those same matches or those same type caliber athletes in AEW. And it took me to realize that like months and months and months ago. I was like, yeah, everybody's expecting this, but it's a whole different world now for him. Yeah. He's thinking about weekly TV. He's doing I guess he's I guess he's running the women's division. I don't know. Um, so he has different hats now. And I'm sure it's not, it's not as many as the Bucks and Uh, Cody but I'm sure he's wearing a different hat now and it's not about just wrestling and I'm sure all of them are thinking about well, we got to get these other talents out there and get them over and I gotta say you know at first you know people were kind of you know shaky about it and I don't know about this I think they're kind of doing a good job right now with it it could be better yes you know we all know how we feel about uh POCs and you know especially black people, more black people getting to shine on AEW. Now if you've heard Rich and I talk before or seen our tweets, you already know how we feel about that. So we won't dive into that because you already know. But <laughs> they are you know they are getting those other talents other than the elite out there. And I do appreciate mm-hmm. that. For good or for bad, they're doing it, and I, you know, I respect it because it could have been easy to say, "Okay, Paige, you're the TV champion." Okay, Bucks, you're the tag champions. Omega, you or Cody, you're the world heavyweight title, and you could have had all of social media on their necks every day, all day, but they didn't. So, yeah, um, we'll jump off of AEW. Uh, we can go into yeah. NXT. like um, mean, one okay. thing, my one thing about NXT, I think I want to what I really want to discuss, and what I told you that really bothered me is this whole velveteen dream thing bothers me rich um Mm -hmm. i don't and i understand uh and i don't understand uh triple h's comment you know he said he spoke about it um he was just real to me flippity with uh, the question when he got it again after the CBS, I forgot who asked him after CBS had asked him the question, I guess the next day or whenever he did another interview, he was just like, Oh, I answered that and let's move on to something else. I didn't like that answer at all. Um, I feel like when you say there's nothing there and then when you have the people that were involved in the incident to say, well, WWE, you never contacted me. That's a problem that it it, it just made it more of a problem. And seeing Velveteen come out for the match. I just, I was out. I'm not going to lie. I I was out the match. I was just like, Oh, okay. I saw the highlights. I saw some of the things people were putting up, but it just took me out, man, because it's something that doesn't sit right with all this. Now, if you want to say he's a great talent and they willing to risk it for him, uh, they believe what he's saying. And, so be it if that's where they want to go that's the hill they want to down so be it but like i've seen a lot of people and there's a lot of people that's back in the head back in dream i what i saw on social media was a lot of people who were back in dream and but were quiet about all black lives matter rich that's what i saw how oh you want to speak up on this because you like the dream you like the character i'm not talking about the character i'm talking about patrick cart out here uh, potentially or maybe uh, talking to kids, man. And that's not cool. So yeah. you got a son. I got a son. No, 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 And it doesn't sit well with me. If he innocent, hey, he's innocent. But it just seems like it's just so murky for me. It just seems like it's like, oh, just change the subject. Y'all stop asking about it. You know, we, we, we did what we needed to do because – If an investigator comes back or somebody else that says, hey, no, you know, or that person that didn't get contact is like, no, this happened to me. I want something. I want some real justice or I want something to to, you know, somebody to dive into this or help me because this happened to me. And WWE has egg in the face. And the first thing they're going to look at is Triple H, not Vince, because Vince clearly is going to say, hey, Triple H, why didn't you handle that? He's, they're yeah. not gonna look at Vince because he's the one coming out here saying, change the subject. And maybe you can help me. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, or maybe I'm too much in my feelings about it. But when it comes to people messing with kids, man, I no, no. <laughs> I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. But I've seen a lot of receipts out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think people should not. People shouldn't get stuck in this mindset of if I don't see it on Twitter, it's not real. And if I do see it on Twitter, it's absolutely real. Right. Because there's this line, like legally, like I had a good conversation with folks uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago, not a couple of years ago, oh my God. Uh, I had it with Wade Keller, our editor publisher, and I wanted him during the speaking out movement to clearly state the difference between what someone on Twitter can say and what He as editor-publisher or me as one of his staff can say in a podcast online representing the torch because there are legal boundaries you have to kind of traverse before you can even get into there. So sure, random person on the internet can say this dude did it. I can say based on these tweets, here is what looks to have happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm good. And then don't even get started on the United Kingdom, where it stuff is oh. a lot more, and that's so. It's wild to me that there was this push, this like, well, wrestling media has to do more. It's like, well, legally there, you don't want wrest like me, wrestling media already gets called like dirt sheets and all these other things. You don't want it to turn into the sun or some of those other news quote-unquote magazines where you get put in a position where you're just spewing filth and daring someone to prove it's not
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at the same time i don't want it to be me just being on a high horse and saying this match suck for x y and z reason and then getting people you know 20 years later saying well this guy just had it in for me because I wouldn't do an interview for him. Like I'm not into excess journalism. I'm not into any of the same stuff that like, you you know, I'm a bills. I was a bills fan. Now I'm a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Uh, I follow, you know, you, you follow, you know, we, we, I saw your, your uh, reactions to some of the stuff going on this weekend. And then world of NBA, there's always going to be that balance. So when I see triple H do that, it gets really dangerous to me because they're holding this to basically be a raw rock, Call for NXT, and if there's ever a hard question, he basically goes from being the happy uncle to the security guard at the or the the bouncer at the club. Yeah, and that's yeah. Not-
1: exactly. That's the the way you said it is the way I wanted to put it out there, but that's perfect.
0: And it's it stinks because you know Jason Powell did it first uh, from ProWrestling.net, and then we had a couple other uh, media folks do it over the weekend after the show. It's just like with the president. If you're the reporter, if he shuts down, the next person's got to pick that right back up. And we actually finally got to see that. And I was really happy that the media there did it instead of just fawning and just being so happy just to exist in the realm of his universe, pun intended.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm glad too. And I just, I don't want people, I don't want people to be like, okay, he said they looked through it and, and that's good enough for me. You know, because we lived through a like, weep, especially us being older, we've seen a lot of stuff in wrestling that was kind of like, uh, what's going on here? You could talk about your Jerry King Lawlers and we can go down a yep. list of all that good stuff that was going on. And, you know, we were a little bit younger. So it was kind of like we knew something was off, though. That's my whole thing. And I think that the yeah. thing that sticks out to me is what Cam, and he religiously says this. Nobody came up to bat for uh, Velveteen. Nobody Not said, a person. And that's what I'm like. He's that's it. Usually you have one, at least one per. No, I know him. He's a good He was never, nobody, silence. And I'm just like, that's not good. Because you always want people to come, you know, to bat for you in a situation like that. If you're innocent, you know, you want somebody, no, y'all guys, you know, you know me. This is not, you know, my character. No, none, none of that. It was just silence. And it was just, basically, let's just take him off TV. Nobody spoke about it. And now he's just back on TV. And. I don't know. I just maybe it's because I'm getting older now. Stuff like that just really uh, just bothers me more now. And I'm just looking at looking at wrestling sideways because like me, and, well, like me and Shaheed say wrestling is just already scummy as it is, is a scummy business. Like it started out like a scammer business. And so it's just like it's already got that against it. And so when you have these things that happen, you want to make sure wrestling can get clean, man. And that's my biggest thing. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be all like, oh, I know wrestling can be 100% clean and nothing's going to be bad. No, I'm not silly. But what I'm saying is when situations like this happen, those people in power, though they need to go hard. I don't care if Velveteen Dream is you feel like the next big star for your uh, SmackDown or Raw or if Vince is in love with him, so let's protect him, whatever it may be. Because we just need to find out the truth and that's all we need. Once you get the truth out there, then everybody will feel a little bit better because I've seen it. You, you've seen it on social media, the, the, the predominantly, the black, the black audience idea, we loved Velveteen dream right now. Today. It was disgust seeing him. People say I'm turning the TV. People like, Oh no, nah, I can't get down with this. Like it's, it's been a turn. It's been a turn on him. <laughs> and, you can see it almost in his, almost in his character because he's playing a heel now. He's trying to play it like, oh, you know, I'm a heel now or whatever. Okay, if that's the way you want to go with that. Fine, right? But Patrick Clark, we know something. Something's there. I'm just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. So, and that that was just my biggest takeaway. I'm not gonna keep beating a dead horse. And I just feel like that, you know, just because WWE says it's fine or Triple H tells you that they look into it. I wouldn't 100% take that as the gospel. That's all I'll say with that. Uh, if you want to look and see, just you know, go on Google or go tweet with all the stuff with Patrick Clark and what's happening. If you want to look, if you don't know, but I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening right now kind of knows or has an idea what's going on. So um, yeah, we'll move away from that. But as far as a, uh, TakeOver, I really enjoy TakeOver. And I got to say, our man Pat McAfee. Whew. List.
0: <laughs> he's he's number three now. He can't be two. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence was uh Lawrence was one. And then I saw D'Angelo Williams, and D'Angelo is now one. Oh yeah. I forgot all about D'Angelo Williams. I I might put him two. I might put him at two ahead of Lawrence.
1: I think you got to.
0: Because that was like I even joked on Twitter. I'm half joked. Because if they could do it, I would lose my mind. Put him in G one, you cowards! Like (laughs) Dale, just bring him in. (laughs) Uh, And he's in the right place to do it because I would swear in a stack of Bibles if you took Kane Velasquez from the Indies and put him in NXT, he would have been Lucha Kane all day.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That would have been his uh, sweet spot being in NXT. That would have been insane. Um, I. I, I couldn't believe how I, that match just changed. I did not want to see this match. I was like, I don't want to see this. Because I thought in my mind I knew it was going to happen. And that was the great thing. what they did with the match. They were like, oh, you think you know, but you don't know. And Pat McAfee put on his working shoes. My goodness.
0: Jeff, you know what I love the most about that match? What's that? It's the opposite of what we would expect in a Shane match because Pat did crazy stunts. He did stunt bumps, but he didn't do an ode to like every WWE 90s wrestler's finisher. Yeah. He he tried to do like he tried at first he got outdone, out wrestled by Cole, which I thought was great. And then when he tried when he was showing him up and showing his skills, then we see, okay. Okay, he's got a little some, something. But then he put it into like third gear and kind of stalled. He was like that that guy, like me. I have no, none. I have no ability to uh, drive a stick shift. Yeah. I'm not that guy. That's my weakness. I I accept that. And so when you see him like try to get to that point in the match, I, I, I cited it when we did the round table. The big thing was when he tried to, he he did the thing that most normal people would want to do. And that's if you fall and your shirt's kind of like undone a little bit, you're gonna tuck it in.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, come on, young warrior, you good? You good? Just <laughs> just let that just let that uh just let that slide, bro. You good? We know you're we know you the bad big dog. I, like go I, ahead.
1: I think also too, the announcers uh really did a wonderful job of commentating for that match. Because they were like they were speaking for us. Oh, Pat, you know, Pat, Mag. I can't believe this. What's going on here? Adam Cole is, you know, stunned. He doesn't know what's happening right now. And they were just, like, really putting him over. I mean, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And we'll get to SummerSlam because, you know, Dominic's a whole other thing. But. Yeah, I'm 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 not against seeing Pat McAfee again. I don't know if he wants to do it, but that was like a one time thing. Like, hey, let's do this. Him and Cole, you know, talked about it. And- he
0: wants it. He told uh, Triple H when he got signed to Triple H. That was one of those funny things where Triple H got to kind of crow a little bit. He told Triple H when he started that he his goal is for Triple H to induct him in the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, okay he
0: thought like okay, maybe he wants me to be in it. maybe he wants to be an announcer and then he's like, and
1: then he bought a ring. Oh see he's all in okay, see, I didn't know that
0: yeah, he ain't he ain't messing around like my dude is ready locked and loaded and for him that's a perfect for them and for him it's perfect because they always want that validation like hey we're we're seen in the media. Mm-hmm. he's got this great for the brand media like uh set literally for the brand set up and he can get on espn anytime he wants he can do whatever he wants and they're gonna they're gonna give him minutes on mainstream you know sports outlets and stuff
1: yeah um that match was just my favorite match of uh that night i I, I, it was just totally unexpected pat mcafee I think he had a lot of us just eating crow like, oh, y'all thought y'all knew. But, yeah, Yeah. shout out to Adam Cole for even, you know, because a lot of people would have been like, oh, the kicker? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) But I guess, you know, they have a relationship with each other, so it's kind of cool. Like, oh, maybe we can do this and make it work. And, man, I feel like I just want to watch this match after I finish podcasting here watch it again. Um, uh, Killian Cross uh, takes the title from... Keith Lee. I think
0: we're gonna have some comments on this one. We're gonna have some thoughts.
1: <sighs> okay. Now I'm gonna say this. If the plan was to bring him to Raw, if that was the plan already set in stone, I don't think I have a big problem with it. But if it wasn't, if this is like, oh no, let's just bring him up. Vince is like, ah, yeah, well, Keith Lee to come up uh, Monday. Yeah, we need him Monday. You know, he'll be. One of the big new stars coming over here. and We got Roman coming out, whatever. So, I'm fine. But it didn't sit well with me him having that short title record. I still was in my feelings immediately after the match. And I, and I yeah. know, but some people may think. I honestly know. The writing was on the raw. The whole killer cross, when he came in, everything was winning on the raw that he was going to win. You look at it now because, like, they were just pushing, pushing, pushing. So there was no way you could really have him come in and lose. It would have been kind of hard. Maybe a DQ, maybe, a, you know, some type of weird finish where he doesn't leave with the title. But it's all signs were pointing that he was going to win the title. For me anyway. Maybe I was just looking too hard because I was just seeing how hard they were pushing him. Yeah. But I <sighs> – this see a part of me, a little piece of me, want to feel like, oh, did, was this just like for the Black Lives Matter thing? They wanted to ride that wave, and they knew they had it, so they was like, oh, okay, yeah, you get the title and hold it, but uh, yeah, we got other plans.
0: Well, okay, so here's 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 where I'm gonna just be as real as I can be about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out, and I'm gonna see what you think. Okay. At the time. And people poo-pooed me online and, like, gave me a hard time because, uh, like you said, during our prior conversation about AEW, I am a big fan of, like, getting people on the record. And if they aren't on – the, if they're on the record and they are full of it, you can see and throw their quotes right in their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, they were trying to get ratings back, and AEW had announced uh, whatever their event was going to be. What is it? Bash to the Beach?
1: Oh, the uh, Firefest. Firefest. uh...
0: Fighterfest, yeah. Yeah. And so they decide they're going to do a unification match out of nowhere. The same year we saw, prior to COVID, an entire year story from Naito with him just saying in a preference, you know, it'd be nice if I had both belts. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with four guys wrestling for both belts over two days this they just say hey this is gonna do this and then we're gonna and then it's gonna be t- winner to take all and then they wanna take all and the next week he's like well you know in an effort to be to give everybody else a chance i'm gonna relinquish one of the belts <laughs> and we're gonna get we're gonna give we're gonna give it to this guy and uh we're gonna have a tight ladder match for it and kind of bring back some guys and now we're gonna have this title match where uh, the guy who won it in Finn Balor fashion may have separated his shoulder. Oh, that's... And uh, yeah, Keith, stay tuned, stay tuned with Keith. He might be on Raw, you know, it might not be. Yeah, like, that... what does that look like to you? Does that look like the <laughs> plan to somebody who wanted to get someone to the main roster and make them look like a million bucks? <laughs> or does that look like you reacted to your competition? And then I wanna add, Keith Lee and everything they've done with Keith Lee in the three years they've had him. I don't mean to do this, no but I'm going to have to do it. To the three and a half months they've done with Carried Cross.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. You are 100% absolutely right. This is They had no plans because once you said about Fighter Fest, and I had to think about that, I was like, oh, yeah, they did just out of the blue, just said, oh, he going to have we would have a unification match. i was just like what wait a minute and then a week later after winning oh yeah i'm just gonna give this up because i want you know other people to have a shot what what what
0: see and because when you when you watch ring of honor like i'm you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a ring of honor guy yeah I love, I love wrestling yeah. like when you had ring of honor with Jay lethal that was half the fun uh,
1: exactly and I don't know why W I don't know why WWE is afraid of that. They are afraid of like you're doing you practically doing it with uh Becky and uh not Becky. Well you did it with Becky, and then you're doing it with uh you did it with Sasha and you did it with uh Bailey where they're having two belts. But the two main belts, they are afraid of that. Like, uh you don't want we don't want you to have this championship for here and this one for raw. Um uh, when basically y'all are basically at like the PC or wherever you're going to be at. So it really doesn't matter at this point if you wanted somebody to hold two titles. So why not have fun with it? Like, do you? I'm sure whatever happened with so I'm sure he had fun with those titles. Even though he didn't get to get out run with them because of COVID, he better get his title back to New Japan. You're going have me taking a trip too. Anyway, that's the <laughs> end of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, I just thought they could have had fun with it, with him holding the belt or whatever. But when you say it like that, they didn't have any plans. They were just winging it.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it sucks because if they had plans, they would have they would have played off of when he had the spectacular Royal Rumble.
1: Oh, yeah, yes, sir.
0: Like, um, if you're gonna tell me you got plans, let me see that when he's going up against this bad dude in Brock Lesnar and looking like a million bucks.
1: Because he absolutely should have had the killer cross treatment. He absolutely should have had the same. But he didn't like killer cross. He was immediately, he's a monster. He's here. And we're going to push it mm-hmm. every week until we get to the point that he's going to win the title. Now, ball I don't know. Pr-
0: Fall and pray. <laughs> you got you got his girlfriend. I I, I I say girlfriend because I think that's his girl. I don't think they're married yet. But, you know, you get... Scarlett came in and they already had vignettes and they were like, nah, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me let's just hit that reset button and put young, young, uh, young Scarlett up with her, with her man and we'll be
1: fine. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for the best as far as Cross's injury. I, I, didn't, I haven't heard if it's you know, how long he's going to be out or anything like that. But it sucks that you win the title and something like that happens to you because now you're in a position where can we afford to let Keith Lee go there wrong?
0: I mean they might I mean if they wanted to be smart about it and he's out, you got Ciampa coming back, you got all these other people uh, who you can uh uh pop in with and you're 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 like you're 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 right as rain in terms of like there's no issues there. Like the first person I think of is outside of Ciampa Balor. You could have him like Ooh, he yeah. he did a delightful uh interview right before NXT, where he talked about the fact he had been wrestling for like 19 years straight and didn't want to be bitter. And that's why he took the time off. Don't blame him. And so he got the recharge. Kind of similar to Renee Paquette, who is no longer uh, Renee Young because she's given her notice.
1: I salute to all the work she did for WWE. She was amazing in her role.
0: Yeah, and so she's like, you know, she she was really happy with who she was and didn't compromise it. you know, obviously sometimes things didn't go right, Mm -hmm. but she was not going to be the one that just be like, I'm going to complain. And I'm going to, you know, I remember when someone like, uh, I remember when she did the thing where it's like, uh, people were complaining about her as a, as a, um, What's the right word? As an announcer, she's like, guys, I know I suck. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to go on Twitter and say that's your like. That's that's how you feel like that's not that's not needed, Renee, like, yeah. Like, you're fine. Like, don't don't feel like this is something you need to be like owning like these fools put you in a position where you're getting talked over. These guys put you in a position where. You're not going to be able to kind of fight for yourself as much because in in the company, the people who are the most difficult get labeled difficult, and that's not a label anybody wants. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just look at what happened with our husband. Like,
1: yeah, and and it's and, it's telling how the some of the same things that. He said, you know, first thing was, oh, he, well, he's just complaining. And he's a for WWE apologist. Oh, you know, he's just complaining. Look what they did with them. Look what they did. But then you get FTR coming right behind him saying the same exact things. Like, right. it is not, it's not a coincidence. Like, I get it. Certain things aren't going to be the same for certain people in the company. And for those three, they weren't. FTR and uh, 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 Dean, they were different. They were clearly different. Oh, Moxie, Dean Moxie, whatever you want to call him. they got treated different. Things were different for him, but I'm pretty sure, like you know, Roman was treated a different way, and Seth was treated a different way. And I guess it's all about how your WWE experience is, and everybody's and, not going to be the same. So
0: goes with, like Roman's a guy who's always been like, "Hey, I'm cool. Give me the playbook. Like I played, I played, I coach kids like that, you know? Yeah. And that's fine. Give me the playbook. Let me play. That's all I need.
1: Yeah.
0: Other people are like, I want this, this, and this. This is my favorite play. Let's go. And then you have a Seth where it's like, even if, like, his whole, like, you know, uh, colleague over at uh, Wrestling Observer always talks about the idea of because of the fans. Like, he Seth will put anything at the feet of the fans if Vince says it's the case. Like, if you guys ever like some long-term storytelling, maybe you would be able to enjoy this. It's like, well, we just used the Keith Lee example. How is that a long-term story?
1: Right. <laughs> right, because <laughs> you know what? I am happy that you broke that down to me, but as soon as you said Fighter Fest, I immediately got upset because I'm like, oh, I know this is going to, he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. No type of plan. It was just Nah, I'm just going to throw out and throw this Hail Mary. <laughs> I'm just going to chuck it. Man, whatever happens, happens. Uh, yeah. Um, is it anything else that happened that sticks out for TakeOver?
0: Uh, I, I really like the first match because I'm a big Finn Balor fan, and I'm a big Timothy Thatcher fan, so seeing those two guys go, I was like, this is great. This is fun. I am But becoming, other than that, you know. I am becoming EO. Oh yeah, EO and uh, uh Coda. There you that go. Great match
1: too. Um as far as Tim Timothy Timothy Thatcher goes, I'm becoming a fan because I'm looking as far as his NXT work, but I'm looking at his older stuff too, like some of his oldest matches in other places, man, and I'm becoming a big fan. And I just love calling him the dirty box of NXT because there's nobody like him. There's nobody that does what he can do. And it's very it's just ugly and dirty the way he wrestles but it's like you know what I mean it's, it's wrestling but it's in this form of like now nah, I'm just here to hurt you like I'm Oli Anderson but taking up like a thousand I'm just working over your body parts and I don't care if you're screaming crying, or your mother's in the crowd I'm gonna break your arm or leg I just I don't know I just i am becoming a fan is I love it and uh, I
0: love the light promos he does where it's like it's so blinding that you can't see who else is there and he's given the Cobra Kai style training. Like, the man can't <laughs> breathe. He can't fight.
1: I mean, he, he, he has a point. <laughs> but you don't want to follow the no, team. Like,
0: when, but when I watched Karate Kid Part 3, when he broke down like the three things he was going to train Daniel I was like, none of these are incorrect.
1: <laughs> are we talking, Rich, are we talking about the Quicksilver? Uh, who was it? The quick, Whatever his name was. Silver's three kicks yes of nay for it i was like oh terry silver oh man they don't make villains like that anymore
0: they i mean they they. it's so it's not so bad i i don't want to be uh disingenuous but like yes it is bad but it's also hilarious that now we have uh cobra kai which is now so um so over i guess using the yeah. uh wrestling term that they're uh Bringing it to what is it, Netflix?
1: Yeah, drops uh, see the first two seasons, and season three drops uh, next year.
0: And so, I'm happy because now we got we are here. Like, that's how that's how much Crease was a bad guy. Like, (laughs) you got to understand when they talk like Seth, that's what gets me annoyed about like wrestling when they talk and they get all self they get all defensive about stuff like this. If you really had long term storytelling and you could show. How a thirty-five year old man, forty-five year old man, is still scarred by his teenage karate instructor, right? And, and over, you see that haunts him.
1: And put him in a
0: body bag, Johnny.
1: <laughs> and on top of that, almost can be looked at. It, he's not wrong because we're looking at everything in his eyes now. Like I'll never forget yep. about thing was season one, and he was breaking down what happened with Allie, and he was just like. You felt for him because you was like, yeah, because all we saw was Daniel's perspective of everything that was happening. We never saw yeah. Johnny. He was just like the villain of the movie because that's the way the movie was set up. But, you know, once you got older, you're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, we never looked at it his way. We never once said, what about Johnny? Now, I know as we got older, I saw YouTube videos of people saying, well, Daniel LaRusso was the real villain. I don't know if you ever saw that video, but it's on YouTube. It's oh, hilarious. yeah, everybody got one now. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> he was the real villain because he kept on antagonizing <laughs> Johnny. But, yeah, it, yeah, it's storytelling like that, that's what people are talking about. And it's just with WWE, the storytelling can be, eh, yeah. Right. You know, hit or miss, mostly miss, because I think they are always want a quick fix. And it, would, and it would be great if somebody said, no, this is the plan. Then we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to get from WrestleMania, uh, uh, whatever, this WrestleMania to the next WrestleMania. And this is what we're going to do with these two stars so they can get here, there. Now, you go to the next superstars, not just that one superstar. This is how we're going to get the title on you. No matter what, right. WrestleMania is your crown and achievement. Because as you see, stuff happens. People get injured. And then what do you do? How do you react? And we saw how we, we, we just recently saw how I was reacted when, okay, well, Kofi wasn't supposed to be put in the spot, but the fans are speaking, and we got to listen to them. Thank God they did listen with uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and, and, and Kofi. They, they've listened right. begrudgingly. Be grudgingly because I swear the funniest thing still now is watching when they were in uh, Washington and everybody's chilling cheering Daniel Bryan in the ring and they're trying to go along with this storyline that nobody wants to see. Not one person and they won't stop chanting his name. And it's just like, what do you do? I understand the show goes on, but if you want to listen to your fans then listen to them. Don't be so bullheaded in certain situations that they make. And let's let's make wrestling like fun. Because at this point, you can. You had great right. like uh what what was it the um WrestleMania match, Undertaker and AJ Styles. Forget how you feel yep. about them politically and all that good stuff. But yeah. the story but was, no, it, was a good match. <laughs> it was a good match. It made yeah. sense. Yeah, even though even though it wasn't in the ring, you were like, yeah, that was great. That was a good send off. of Undertaker never comes back or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we about to reach an hour. So let's go ahead and just jump into SummerSlam real quick. Um, SummerSlam was fun. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't have any big expectations. But, man, Dominic said, nah. I ain't going to let Pat McAfee show me up this weekend. I got something. And that kid is going to be all right. Now, I don't know, like, how far in his training he is. And I don't know what's next. Maybe hopefully, hopefully they do a tag match at Payback next week, which is well Sunday, which is really weird. But um, (laughs) uh, I was just so impressed. I was thrown. I thought this kid was gonna be nervous. You know, your dad is Rey Mysterio, and I want to say about every time he's been on the screen, every time he had something to do, he's lived up. He's knocked it out the park. Mm-hmm. you you can... well,
0: if it helps he got trained by Lance
1: Storm oh well that's all you had to tell me yeah now, we can we can yeah. i'll have the argument a discussion with somebody about his promos we can have that discussion but when yeah, he's yeah, out that, there on... been... <laughs> when he's out there in the ring look out look out cuz we could be seeing another uh, great mysterio coming down the line 10 15 years from now
0: what was yeah, he's, he's like, I am amazed. And I'm glad he has like the, the spirit and the inspiration of his dad. But he's not trying to be Rey Mysterio Jr. Jr.
1: Right. You can tell he's make, trying to make his own own lane, own path. But still, show, you know, I'm still a Mysterio, but I'm Dominic. I'm not Rey.
0: Right. Because even senior, when you look at Rey Mysterio Sr. wrestle... Ray was such a departure from him. And Mm, so now you have like the two of them and Ray, like Ray wasn't as big as Dominic, like Dominic's so big. He has to have his own way because like if, if he did it any other way, it would,
1: people were rejected. I think people were rejected. Yeah.
0: It'd be like David Flair.
1: Right. Right. Where in that situation, it was for David Flair. I, I don't know if he really had that love like his father, but I mean, it was a paycheck. And also, too, you were around so many stars and so many wrestlers. And I'm sure you getting advice from this person and that person or whatever, and maybe sometimes bad advice from people. And it's like, do I really want to do this? And yeah. I can tell with Dominic it's more of, no, I want to do this. Anybody who gets beat with a cane, like he got beat, wants to wrestle.
0: Yeah, you give me <laughs> once and it's like, okay, I, I'll take it. But my man been getting beat, like he'd been on the Roots remix tour.
1: Yes. And I'm just like, ouch. And seeing those pictures, I'm like, no, nah, this kid got, some, he has a love for it and he's selling. I'm, I'm sure that's one thing that Lance Storm probably was beating his head and because I know Lance Starr is just good in the ring, but if you want to get paid, kid, sell. Sell, mm-hmm. sell, sell, and that's what he's doing, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to him, you know, eventually being in NXT, just being there for a couple of years and just, you know, doing his thing there, but, you know, I don't know how, like, I don't know the inner workings of contracts and what's going on. Well, but no, like, he can do it, you're right,
0: I, and I think the thing that's going to help him is the fact that his dad resigned, because that was kind of like, low key a hostage situation because it's like if he didn't then you're in a position where you're you're gonna be just the the guy like you know what I mean yeah. like, and that's not good that's not good at all.
1: So it could have got murky for him there. But yeah I I love seeing what Dominic can do. Um I love the storytelling they did with the women. Um Sasha, uh Bailey and uh Oscar. I think mm-hmm. that was great and I think I think that was perfect. Like half barely win. Uh, Sasha loses. barely doesn't really help Sasha. And now you have this elephant in the room that maybe you might get spoke about tonight. But you also remember we tag champions. So what are we going to do now? And you know, who are we going to go against? And who are we go well? If I had to guess, I'm guessing it's going to be Oscar and um uh what's her name on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, the MMA... Uh, why can't I think our name right now? Oh, my God. Uh, Shayna yeah, Shayna Baszler. I can see them maybe like, oh, yeah, we should go out. You know, they may have a conversation and I say, oh, no, maybe we team up and get these tag titles. The Two partners that don't like each other end up winning the title so we can get to this whole Sasha and um, Bailey match. But I still feel you don't have to rush this match. I still think it's a little... A couple of, like I still think you can keep going with this but I don't know I don't know what they want to do it's just it, I, I just I think I'm having so much fun with the whole dynamic especially with um Bailey and Sasha that I don't want it to end but I know it has to end And I mean that's a good thing that I feel that right way, you know that I don't want it to end because they're just really good at you know working together and they know really how to in this whole COVID era they, they've just been the, like the light on all the shows And remember, those are the first two people we saw pre-COVID. It was just like, yeah, they look kind of (laughs) nervous. Like, they don't know what to do. And now it's just like, oh, no, they did like the MVPs with Oscar.
0: Yeah, they are just, man, they look like a million bucks now. They got the confidence. They got the juice. They got the glow. They got everything.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, And I also really, really enjoyed, and this is a shocker for me, I like the Roman Reigns uh, <laughs> surprise. I really did. A man came with some new veneers um, and I'm just like, yo, <laughs> new shirt. Hey, I got to admit, I'm like, I might cop that shirt. That shirt looked kind of dope. And I was like, okay. Um, but I just thought it was great. Cause it's just like, yeah, you know, and everybody's screaming about him being a heel. I'm like, if he's a heel because it seemed like this was a heel versus heel match I think he was just letting them know this is my yard just like yeah you know this is is my territory just to let y'all know so I thought
0: what was it about Bray Wyatt and what was it about Braun Strowman that led you to want to cheer for either one of those fools (laughs) because one held a woman hostage and said she gonna die the other dude said, let her die. I don't care.
1: All right. So who am I supposed to be cheering in this match? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm not cheering for either one of them. Uh, entertaining the match, I guess. But, um, you know, you just you just you see where WWE got their stuff in a situation. And it was like, OK, Braun, you're the champion. But for how long? Because we don't really want to go with this. And you could clearly see, because it was just like, wait a minute, you're a baby face. I don't care about her. <laughs> wait a minute, what? We saw this man in the tag, uh, the mixed tag a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's s- little big Smitten. Just smitten by her. And they yeah, kept it going. And right. I was like, I don't care about her. I'm a monster. Wait a minute, what happened? So for them to do that with his character, I just felt like, yeah, this, this title reign doesn't really have any legs left because it's just like it's madness there and you could clear uh, t- to me it was just like yeah i think they're gonna get the f- belt back to the fiend and i felt like they could do it better than you know go with him for roman to beat than roman going against Braun again but i feel like you know he he's gonna have to go against Braun again he might have a triple threat match uh sunday i don't know um ah is there anything else on summer slam that really stuck out I don't think I think those are the things two things that stuck out for me three things that stuck out for me I think it was much everything else was just entertaining for me because what I've noticed now is that when I, as I'm watching wrestling and you know just I'm just having fun with it now and you know I can critique and I can come on the podcast and talk about certain things but when I'm not having fun I'm just not going to watch and I'm not going to sit here and nitpick everything i'm going to find the things that i liked and enjoyed and those are the things i liked and enjoyed this weekend as far as uh those three shows that happened um i'm just interested can you tell me why payback is happening so fast
0: again they just they they wanted to they just want to own those saturdays like they're just going with it and that's i get that they're trying to keep people engaged and whatnot but and that's a quick turnaround like We've had those in the past where it was like maybe 10 days turnaround, something like that, but never just like we're going next week, y'all.
1: Because it's like, okay, so we're going to get a bunch of rematches? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. Like, okay, because I don't don't know what you could say. You could maybe, like I said, the women's tag match. Okay, that's fine. Cool. Um, And then I don't know what else, because it just seems like it's going to be a bunch of rematches, like Drew and uh Randy again. And oh, that's what I had to talk about. I'm glad that they didn't switch the title off, Drew. I'm glad that they didn't go to Orton. Although I will say Orton has been working. Orton is probably putting in the 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 best work I've seen in a while from him as far as mm-hmm. on the mic and his character. And I've been I I been enjoying it begrudgingly because I'm not an Orton fan, but he's had me enjoying it. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is this is this is fun. I'm having fun with this. But I just thought that it was good to keep going with Drew because a loss like that is not going to hurt Orton, and you can always run it back. He got pinned. You want to call it a flash pin, a quick pin, or whatever, or you know a wrestling move. That's what I'll call it. You know, the, He got beat by a wrestling move, but he's supposed to be the best wrestler. So it was like, ah, okay. Then Claymore kick him, and nobody got RKO'd, so you can run it back. Um, I don't know. It's just something about Drew. I just feel like it would be a damn shame for Drew to drop the title and never be a part of a live crowd. And I know that's a that's a, that's a chance. I do know that's a chance. But I just think oh, man, it'll just suck. Because you, you never know. You never know if he could get that chance again.
0: Right. And it's like you hope he would, but we don't know. Because think about it. We just saw, that's the one thing I took from this. We just saw Bray Wyatt get his second world title as the Fiend, Mm -hmm. which means he's a three time champ if my math is correct.
1: You are right. We ain't
0: this. We had to build all of this to get to Drew's first, and we still got people saying that Big E got to be more serious to get his first.
1: Oh, buddy, what a way to close out this show! Well, everybody, talking smack is back. Uh, which I'm thrilled about. I thought that show should have never been taken off. I thought it was a great show for a lot of uh, these talents to get their stuff off and build their characters and get comfortable just behind the microphone and just talking and just being themselves. Speaking of being yourselves, that question or that thought process came out to Miz and Miz telling him he got to get more serious and I had to do it and blah, blah, blah. Just some nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> and Biggie just basically told him how he felt and I've never been so proud in my life to see somebody just say no I'm going to be me I don't want to hear all these wrestling tropes y'all saw me when and like he said when I was doing the five count when I was being super serious I'm sure he's talking about when he was with uh Drew uh um, uh damn Adolph yeah nobody yep. cared I didn't have any personality, but I did it the way everybody's telling me to do it. Be serious. Now look at me being around my friends, being who I am. I'm a multiple-time tag team champion. My bank account is lovely. I'm selling all this merch with my friends, having a good time, just being who I am. When it's time for me to be serious, I'll be serious. But I don't have to be out here and be stoic. And I just... Man, I just felt so good seeing that because it's just like what a what a what a real life thing you can take with that. Just be yourself. No matter what, yeah. be yourself, no, you know, no matter how people feel about you, be yourself. And because we've always heard this in wrestling. Oh, this person needs to be more serious and this can happen for them. But look how many look how many people have taken that route and not gotten to the point where you're talking about Biggie where you want Biggie to be. Right
0: cuz Bray is a whole co- character. Like he is a literal character. Right. But and somebody you- is telling him, "Hey man, you got to you got to lay off the uh you got to lay off the old uh crazy person deal."
1: Right. But I if I lay off of it, what happens then? What what would you like for me to do? Like that's Bray's thing. Bray Bray is um Bray is D- Daniel Day-Lewis. He's one of yeah. those character people, it, as far as wrestling, not acting. So don't nobody get it twisted out there, because right. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel is a goat. But um, he's one of those people that loves characters. So The Fiend is right up his alley. I'm sure he enjoys that. I'm sure he enjoys the back and forth. So that's his bag. That's his wheelhouse. And that's cool. That's okay. Ric Flair. Well, I'm going to go out here and spend money that I don't have twice over. And... Be this nature boy character and almost blur the lines. Like, I, I which way am I? Am I, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't know who where, the, where where the character ends and where the real person ends. But then you have somebody like a Big E or Kofi Kingston say, "No, I don't need to be like a Randy Orton. I don't need to be like a uh, anybody else who's you know serious wrestler. I want to be myself. I want to be who I am. And I think that's genuinely work for me." I mean, look at, because if you look at all three of the New Day guys, it works. Cole, you got your man Xavier at home right now trying to vibe to be a what? A G4 host that yeah. he could potentially get. I can see him being the host of G4. Like, right. and it's all because, no, I am, I am a blurred. I am, I am a black nerd. I like anime. I like Kofi. Uh, Kofi. I love shoes. I'm going to go ahead and talk about issues. I love playing video games. Look at, you know, Xavier. And then you got Biggie, like, well, I like to do this, this, and this, and whatever. And then we got this podcast, and we could just be ourselves, and we don't have to, I don't know if it's try so hard, or, I don't know. It's just It's just real refreshing, I think, for me anyway, because- sometimes wrestling just needs that i don't know for me it's just been like that because i've seen all the characters you know we grew up with hulk hogan we saw ultimate warrior we were in that superstar era where we saw those things and then it changed to the attitude era where well just be yourself but be yourself turned up but what's wrong with just being me right and i get it you know you do need those characters in wrestling that's not what i'm saying but i just think people enjoy big e the character for what he is and what he does yes he's a goofball he's a clown but okay when it's time to go in the ring and something gets serious he's always in the middle of it and you don't see him laughing and joking in right so yeah um i don't know if you have any thoughts about that before we uh get up out of here but
0: i all i got is ditto for that one because i think you hit the nail on the head
1: yeah. Uh, so again, yeah. Uh, talking smack. I'm so glad it's back. I'm. I'm hoping that a, a lot of more women get a chance to be on there, especially like, um. Not just barely, you know, your typical the women who don't really get a chance to shine. Uh, those women. I'm not gonna list all of them because you already know the people who really don't get on TV or don't have a really squash aspect. But I would love my number one is Naomi. I would love for her to get out there and just talk, and. If they can get it on there like once or twice and just get something, something to help. And Miz is really good because Miz really set up Big E with that question. And I think that was. I, I, I'm
0: really glad you brought that up because I want to say Miz has to get his credit for being the tipping point for both Daniel Bryan and Big E in a lot of these talking smack or even for himself in these talking smack conversations. He got that chance with Daniel Bryan and now he gave it to Big E. Yeah, I think that's really cool.
1: I think, and I could be wrong, but with the whole Daniel Bryan thing, that was just well, we got issues. Like me and you, we have issues, and it just started airing out. But it seemed like it was more of a a pitch, a pitch and catch because it seemed like a conversation they had before. But Miz was like, you know what? I know how to, I know what you need right now, and I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you this easy underhanded pitch, and you're gonna knock it out the park. And he just said it, and Biggie reacted, and it was boom right there. He got what he needed because he got to express himself the way he needed to. Now, when we get to the whole Kofi thing, <laughs> I think that was just like, nah, I'm going to say it because Kofi ain't going to say it. And, and which, right. you know, a friend will do sometimes. You know, sometimes it's those things where a friend is just humble, nice, and won't say certain things. And Biggie was like, nah, you know, it, it's on me. Whatever happened is on me, and I'm going to say, hey, he shouldn't have got his legs cut from under him with that whole Brock match. And now, now right. when the Miz started talking about, uh, what well, that happened to me? No, 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 Miz. No, 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 no. Your, your white is showing. <laughs> your white is showing there because you know exactly what the situation is with that because, like you said, Miz had more opportunities and it was just like, yeah, you lost the title, but look how many more other opportunities you got. It was different for Kofi. And that's what he didn't, he's, he wasn't really realizing um, but yeah, so glad that show's back. Um, Rich, I want to thank you for jumping on here on my return to get back into this wrestling podcast world. Uh yeah, I just want to thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate you uh spending some time with me tonight.
0: Oh, of course. Always happy to do it, always welcome to always happy to be invited and uh always happy to have you on the deep dive as well.
1: Yeah, so we're going to get up out of here. Um, the, who knows? I may come back next week and talk about payback. I may not. We will see from there. But, uh, yeah, I won't leave y'all hanging a lot like I did last time. So episode 18 will be down the line sometime, but not too far down the line. So for being Rich, we are out of here. Peace.